I am on my way to becoming a barbecue pitmaster. Bold Alpha is presented by Gurkha, the world's finest cigars, including the Gurkha Trenta. Commemorating 30 years of cigar excellence, the Gurkha Trenta is everything you'd expect from a Gurkha. Exquisite construction, exquisite flavor, exquisite pleasure. GurkhaCigars.com And by Davidoff of Geneva. Introducing the new Camacho Nicaragua, forged in fire, harnessing the wild flavors of Nicaragua. Camacho, live loud, available at DavidoffGeneva.com. I have been thinking about nothing except my new Camp Chef pellet grill that I received the day before Thanksgiving. More on that in a moment, but greetings from Command Center Alpha, Alpha Dave, your global five-star general, Alpha Male-in-Chief. Front and center, and I welcome you to Bold Alpha, your destination for Alpha Male lifestyle conversation and commentary. Several weeks ago, for our Thanksgiving turkey cooking maneuvers, we had the great Colonel Ange from the Pooch Pit in a classified destination in the Western New York Theater of Operations. And the one of the cooking methods that we discussed was smoking a turkey. And for the last few months, I have been thinking about purchasing a pellet grill. I have seen them advertised on television while channel surfing, QVC had them on, or maybe it was HSN. I don't know. I was just surfing. I certainly don't watch those channels. When I went to Costco... A while back, I happened to notice they had a Traeger pellet grill on display, or several on display. So I've been doing research, looking at the various models, and I said, that's it. I've got to get a pellet grill. I've been watching all these barbecue shows, these pitmaster competitions, and on many of these shows, they actually show these, these pellet grills. And if you don't know what a pellet grill is, it is a simplified way of barbecuing or smoking your meat. Now, you can smoke meat, you can smoke poultry, you can smoke fish, you can smoke vegetables. It's a low and slow method of cooking. And heretofore, now that is a very big word, but I know that all of our alphas understand what the word heretofore means. If you are a Lib Dem or a Beta, go look it up. But chances are, I've lost you already. Because most of the wussified Betas and the Dems, they're probably going to be vegans They're not going to be interested in talking about meat. And we are carnivores as alphas, and we're going to absolutely be talking about loads of meat, three types of meat that I have smoked already on my Camp Chef pellet grill. But heretofore, it's been very cumbersome if you would like to smoke any sort of meat product. Most of the grills you see are those big, they almost look like oil drums, these giant big just black kettles. And there's a lot of work involved. You got to get real wood. You got to cut the wood, chop the wood. You got to put it in there. It's an all day affair. It is not easy. Now, many of you may have heard of a Kamado cooker or the big green egg. I've, I have or have, I, I should say I had it until I actually uh, gave it to a friend of mine because I just wasn't using it enough. It was taking up space and I wanted space for my new pellet grill. But I've used the big green egg for many years. It's great. It requires a lot of work. However, I just found out, for those of you that have a big green egg, there's actually a brand new uh, accessory, or should I say egg-cessory, that you can put on your big green egg, and it regulates the temperature. If you go to biggreenegg.com, you'll see it. I think it's called the uh, egg something or other. But I saw it in one of the recent videos, and it's a very nice way to regulate the temperature. So if you want to do low and slow... No worries. You just set this thing on it, and it regulates the airflow, and, and it, it maintains the temperature. But it just was difficult, and it was you'd have to get the charcoal in there and light it. I wanted something simpler, and I've been watching a lot of these shows that use these pellet grills, and I've been reading online. I've talked to people that have pellet grills. Colonel Ange and I spoke about pellet grills. And what a pellet grill is is they take wood. They take hardwood. It could be oak, alder, maple, hickory, bourbon barrel, apple, um, cherry wood, and they turn it into sawdust and then they compress it 
into these small little pellets. Now, if you smell the pellets, it doesn't necessarily smell like cherry or maple or oak, but it is those various combinations that are then input and they're squished really hard. They eliminate the moisture. And then you put these into a hopper. Usually it holds 15, 20 pounds of these pellets. And depending on your cooking temperature and the amount of smoke that you want, you could burn anywhere between half a pound to a pound of these pellets. But it's very simple. So before we get talking about pellets, because I did a lot of research on pellets also, I learned some very interesting things. Let's talk about the pellet grill itself. So what was I looking for in a pellet grill? Well, I wanted something that is aesthetically pleasing. I've got a very nice stainless steel Viking 42-inch or 48-inch I've had for about 15 years. And I'm going to upgrade my uh, outdoor covered barbecue pit here in the next probably six months to a year. But I wanted something that would look nice, something that would fit in appropriately. I didn't want a built-in model. I have a built-in Viking grill, but because I'm going to renovate that built-in island, I didn't necessarily want a built-in. Now, I, you can spend anywhere from two, $300 all the way up to seven, $8,000. And there are some very good names. Now, the names you may be familiar with, Traeger. They actually invented the pellet grill. There's Camp Chef, which is what I ended up purchasing. There is Louisiana Grills, which makes a very nice uh, grill. There is Twin Eagles. If you want to talk about spending some major money, you're talking seven, eight, nine thousand dollars for one of their 36-inch stainless steel pellet grills and smokers in a nice big cart. They also make the built-in models. Made in the U.S. It's an excellent-looking grill. There are tons of others. Memphis Grills has some beautiful-looking smoker type and pellet grills. But I didn't want to break the bank. So I narrowed it down to Traeger and to Camp Chef. Now, what is interesting is Traeger initially invented the pellet grill. They were the first company to really mass market the pellet grill, and it was actually founded by a gentleman named Joe Traeger back in 1985. He patented the pellet grill concept in 1986. Now, again, what is a pellet grill? Again, it's these small little hardwoods that are crushed up. They turn them into sawdust, and they crush them together. The pellets are maybe three-quarters of an inch. Some are an inch. And they are designed to be put in this hopper. And then the pellet grill, there's an auger, little tube, with a, uh, ro- a kind of a rotating type of metal spinner. works very slowly. It gets the pellets into the burning chamber. It ignites it. And then you have a a controller that maintains the temperature or the smoke level. So again, there are digital controllers. There are these analog controllers. There are ones that have a beautiful screen like the Camp Chef. There's Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. So I basically had looked at these two, Traeger and Camp Chef. I didn't want to break the bank. wanted to spend probably under a grand, and I didn't want anything more than about 36 inches. 24, 28 inches would have been optimal. So, again, Traeger invents the pellet grill in 1986. They have a patent on it. And when you have a patent that gives you, I want to say, something like 17 or 20 years of exclusivity. So nobody else could come out with a pellet grill during that time. Well, when the patent expired in 2006, other companies started to come in and create pellet grills. They started to expand on the technology that Joe Traeger invented in 1985. Traeger went through several ownership changes taken over by some financial companies, venture capital companies, and a product that was made in the United States in Oregon ends up getting moved to, take a guess, that's right, the People's Republic of China. China! Now, I can tell you that I am absolutely fed up with everything being manufactured in China. Unfortunately, it is a fact of life. Hopefully, President Donald Trump will win his battles in the various courts and in the state legislatures and will be sworn in again for another term, January 20th, 2021. We all know the election was rigged. We know it's fraudulent. Anybody that says otherwise is a lying son of a bitch. Democrats know it. Republicans know it. Americans know it. The Chinese know it. 
Everybody in the world knows it. The dishonest libstream media knows it. Everybody knows it. And if Beijing Joe Biden, Beijing Biden becomes president, (laughs) what a fucking disaster that's going to be, and it is going to be. Let's hope it isn't. But we know it's going to be a disaster. The guy can't even tie his shoelace, for Christ's sake. He's supposedly playing with his German shepherds. Sure he was. Yeah, okay. He fell. You know it. I know it. The entire world knows it. But again, you've got the Libstream media with the blinders on that are nothing more than a wholly owned subsidiary of the DNC and of the Biden campaign slash potential administration. I digress. But everything made in China. And it's very, it's perturbing. Now, when I eventually go to purchase a more expensive pellet smoker, another grill, because I've had my Viking 15, 16 years. It's, it's ready for replacement. It has served very, very well. I will buy those grills made in the USA. But again, if you are looking for a grill that's going to be under 1000 bucks, unfortunately, you're going to be looking at grills that are primarily made in China. So the two grills, Traeger and Camp Chef. So I looked at the various Traeger models. Uh, some things that I liked about the Traeger, some things that I did not like about the Traeger, I will tell you. First of all, if you just take a look at the actual physical appearance of the grills, I found the Camp Chef to be more aesthetically pleasing. It is the bottom and the hopper are black. The top is stainless steel, matches nicely with what I have. Now, the Traeger, most of them are black. So they look like those big black smokers. However, they have several models that are available with a bronze lid, a bronze top. It's nice, but I just, on the aesthetics, I like the Camp Chef. All right, so the next thing I needed to look at was their technology in terms of Wi-Fi, their controllers, their screens. So while Traeger has upgraded specifically in their Pro models, the screen, it still does not compare to the screen and the controller on the Camchef Woodwind. Now, I looked at the Woodwind. That's pretty much their top of the line in terms of their pellet smokers. And it comes in a 36-inch and a 24-inch. And I purchased the 24-inch. So the screen is fantastic. I mean, it is digital. It's got a rotating knob. It just has four probes, whereas I think the Traeger only has two probes, meat probes, if I'm not mistaken. So overall, I just thought looking at the actual controller itself and the screen, I mean, there is absolutely no comparison. The, the Camp Chef blows away the Traeger. Now, Traeger has had some manufacturing issues, my understanding, since they have moved to China. But again, a very good grill. They are probably the number one seller of these pellet grills in the country. They've got the name, been around for a long time. They are primarily the name that most people recognize. Several friends of mine have purchased pellet grills. They purchased the Traegers. So they're happy with them. Great. So I looked at the Camp Chef again. I like the screen. I just overall like the look of the Camp Chef. Got very good reviews in terms of their customer service in terms of how their auger and their smoke control with their new controller. And I'll tell you that when I smoke various products, meat products, and I'll tell you about those in just a few minutes, I got exceptional temperature control. I mean, it it was almost deadlocked on what I set it in. And remember, it's not going to give you the exact temperature because as you add wood, it could vary two, three degrees. You're not going to keep it exactly perfect all the time, but you want to keep it as consistent as possible. And I found the Cam Chef did a nice job. So I ended up purchasing the Cam Chef Woodwind Wi-Fi 24-inch pellet grill, $799.99. Now, if you go to Traeger, they sell it, correction, Cam Chef, they sell it for $800. If you go to Barbecue Guys or if you go to Home Depot, I think I bought mine at Home Depot, Anywhere between $799 and $799.99. So basically, Camp Chef sells their own grills on their site, but they say, look, we're not going to undercut our retailers. So they basically sell it for a penny to a dollar more. Okay. 
Basically, when I ordered it on Home Depot, I thought it was going to take a week. I thought I would have it after Thanksgiving. I placed the order on, I think it was a Saturday, figuring, okay, going to take a week. Well, I get an update on Monday saying my delivery will arrive on Wednesday via UPS. Excellent. Before Thanksgiving. I've got some hope. Maybe I'll be able to grill, smoke something nice on Thanksgiving weekend or even on Thanksgiving. And all the grills, when you order it, no matter what source, they primarily drop ship from Camp Chefs, Salt Lake City. I think it's Salt Lake or somewhere in Utah, their their headquarters and their distribution center. Even though the grills are designed in the U.S., they are manufactured in China. Again, wanted to stay under a grand. Okay, fine. So the grill arrives, and I got continuous updates from UPS via HomeDepot.com. And I'm coming back from Costco, making a Costco run, a pre-Thanksgiving Costco run. And to my surprise, I see, talk about perfect timing, I see the UPS truck, about four houses from mine, finishing a drop-off. So I get in the driveway, get my SUV into the garage, and I wait at the driveway. The driver has an assistant because they're so busy. They're, and and they, when they have heavy items, which is what they were delivering, they have a second person. There's no way one person could have... Pick this thing up by themselves. Just no way. So I'm waiting in the driveway. I see the driver and the driver's assistant. I said, look, would it be possible for you to come back in and drop it off right on the left side by my left gate where my outdoor veranda and outdoor kitchen is located? Sure. No problem. I guide him in. Couldn't have been nicer. And he says to me, actually, it's easier because now all I had to do is he and his assistant took it off and they moved it about six feet. That was it. Perfect. Thank you very much. Have a great Thanksgiving. So it comes in this giant box. I'm not one for assembling anything. Most of the time, if it's not assembled, I hire somebody to do it. But it's the day before Thanksgiving. I don't want to wait. My sister's fiance is there. Great. Both of us will assemble. And according to various videos I've seen and Camp Chef's website and their assembly instructions, there's not really a ton of assembly. You have to assemble, just stick the legs in, screw them in. There's a shelf on the bottom that has to be screwed in. You have to screw on the chimney where the smoke comes out of the top or the back of the Camp Chef woodwind pellet smoker, pellet grill. You have to assemble the rack rails, put the rails in, and then the lid top for the hopper. And then there is a there is a shelf that goes on the right side. The primary smoking unit, the primary grill with the lid and the hopper all assembled. All comes in one giant piece. So what we did was I took, we kept the box there, had box cutters, opened it up, basically almost like a four-leaf clover, opened up like a flower. Very easy. The toughest part was obvious. And by the way, when you're assembling this, you want to make sure you have towels or a furniture pad or something with some cushioning to it because when you lay down this big unit, the grill with the hopper, you don't want to scratch anything. So you want to, I put nice thick towels. These uh, old towels that I had worked perfectly. It was heavy. I mean, just to move the thing about uh, 15, 20 feet up a couple of stairs, we had to stop once along the way. It was kind of a a haul. It was a slog. No problem. Once we got it going, the directions were okay. One thing that I did notice, that the directions were slightly different than some of the screws and other things we got. For example, they said we needed to screw something on with these uh, screw and a nut. Well, it turns out, they changed it. They put the self-nut locking nuts in there. All you had to do was put the screw in. So it took us some time to figure that out. Some of the instructions could have been better. Overall, it took us probably an hour and a half. Had we known what we were doing initially, we could have had the thing done, no bullshit, in probably 40 minutes, 45 minutes. And again, we took our time. We didn't want to rush. We wanted to make sure we did it right. We get the thing assembled. Fantastic. Stand it up. Beautiful. Couple of issues. First of all, the right side shelf that you screw on, one of the sides came bent. Very difficult to unbend. So I said, okay, that's issue number one. Issue number two, there were slight blemishes on the right front side, right lower front side on the exterior 
of the grill cover, of the grill lid. So I emailed, I tried to call Chem Chef. They say you're going to be on hold for, uh, you know, whatever, estimated wait times like an hour and a half, no thanks. But then they recommend you email. I sent an email. Two days later, I get a reply stating, we received your inquiry. Please send us pictures of the damaged parts, and we will be happy to ship you out new parts. Right. So I basically, several days ago, shipped out, or I, I emailed the pictures, sent it to them, and have not heard back, but I'm sure I will hear back, or I will probably most likely just get the parts sent to me. Now, did it affect my ability to use the new pellet grill? No, I used it. So let me tell you exactly what I did. I had to go out and get some pellets. So I, first of all, I've done a lot of research on pellets. Pellets are the fuel. Pellets are the fuel that make your pellet smoker come to life. If you have bad pellets, it starts with the pellets. Bad pellets, bad result. So I did some research, and I found out that Traeger pellets, which probably are the number one selling pellets, I would say, on the market, because Traeger's the number one grill, and of course, every manufacturer says, you absolutely must use our pellets. Okay, whatever. I know that wasn't true. So the first thing I did is some research on Traeger pellets, and here's what I found. That even though they may say, okay, we use oak maple, and cherry, the majority, or at least 50% of the wood that is in those pellets are oak or alder or cheap filler wood. And then the other thing I found out is that to enhance the maple or the apple or the cherry, they use various oils and flavorings. They spray the pellets. Uh Uh-uh. No, 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 no. That is a no-no. I want real hardwood smoke. I want real hardwood smoked flavor. So I found that there were several companies. Again, I did my research, looked and said, okay, who are the good ones? Who are the ones that uh, made in the United States? What should I look for? Well, I needed some pellets quickly. I found that Home Depot did not actually have a great selection of pellets. So I ended up going to Lowe's and I picked up the Piss Competition Blend Barbecue. Basically, it has, I think, 50%. I think maybe it's, uh, there's, uh, there's oak, there's some hickory. Ma- I think it's oak, hickory, maple, and maybe cherry. And again, you're not going to smell cherry. You're not going to, it's not like you're drinking maple syrup. Those are the actual hardwoods. So I picked up a 40-pound bag. Price wasn't bad. It was like $16.99. They also carried, I should tell you, they carried some of the, Weber smoke-fired pellets and Kingsford. Now Kingsford, I understand, has pretty good uh, are pretty good pellets. Don't know about the Weber. Not sure. Now I should also mention that I talked. I, I did look at the Weber grill. They actually have a pellet grill. I think it's called their smoke fire grill. But they have had major issues. They're on version two of their pellet grill, but they've had major issues. Where you put the pellets? isn't in a hopper. It's in a long vertical type of, it's not a long, it's not like a deep hopper. It's a long, thin hopper. They've had problems with how the pellets feed. The auger's been an issue. Temperature's been an issue. Now, Colonel Ange swears by Weber. My mother's got a Weber grill, regular natural gas grill. I know people that have Weber's. Great products. But their pellet grills, not exactly Weber quality. When you think of Weber, you think of really top-notch quality, their controller, their their controller screen, not great. They've got a Wi-Fi app that needed some, that had some issues, needed some tweaking. Overall, the reviews weren't great, and their equivalent grill was probably 200 bucks more than what I ended up paying. So I looked at the Weber. Colonel Ange, look at the Weber. We both did the research. Weber, no, not ready yet. And it's disappointing because if Weber's going to come out with something, you know who the market leaders are? You better bring out a product that exceeds the market leaders, Traeger and Camchef right now. And if you can't, wait until you have designed a product worthy of doing that. All right? So get the pellets. Pick those pellets up. They were good. Put those in. Bing, no problem. Now, along the way, I also found another company that 
makes pellet, and I think it's called Bear Mountain. I want to just take a real, let me input that right now. Yep, BearMountainBBQ.com, BearMountainBBQ.com. Their pellets, 100% hardwood. They make it a, they're, they're out west, they're in Colorado. They get their pellets only from the U.S. They talk about how they're all natural wood pellets. There's no fillers. There's no binders, no oils. So I purchased a number of their pellets. Very, very good product. Very happy with it. So the key is you want good pellets. If you get pellets that you find are using oils or fillers or sprays, forget about it. Do not purchase them. And one of the things you can do if you do buy a pellet smoker is go ahead and try various pellets. That's what I've been doing and getting some interesting flavor characteristics from each pellet. All right, so when we come back, let me tell you, well, not come back, we're going to stay here, but let me just tell you in just a moment what meats that I ended up grilling. But first I want to tell you about the Gurkha Trenta. 30 years of cigar excellence that Gurkha has been providing to cigar consumers. So a year ago, they commemorated the 30th anniversary with the Gurkha Trenta, which means 30 in Spanish. If you want a cigar that has exquisite construction, exquisite flavor, exquisite pleasure, the Gurkha Trenta. Pleasant, medium-bodied cigar all the way, nice subtle notes of sweetness, subtle notes of spice, very complex, beautiful. Ecuadorian Habano Rosado wrapper. The binder is a Corojo 99 Nicaraguan Agonorsa. The filler is Corojo 99 Nicaraguan and Criollo 98 Nicaraguan, manufactured by Agonorsa in Nicaragua. And trust me, they grow exceptional tobacco and roll exceptional cigars. Celebrate Gurkha's 30th anniversary and celebrate the good life with the Gurkha Trenta. Now, let's talk about what I was going to make on my pellet smoker. Was I just going to try one meat product? Was I just going to try maybe just some ribs or maybe I would do a brisket? No. I'm going to do both. I decided I was going to do both. So what did I do? I ended up buying three racks of ribs. Of those, two racks are... Baby backs, not the Danish baby backs. When I say baby back ribs to people, many people think of those little, small, real curvy Danish baby back ribs that are real. They're very small. They're they're very tasty. But I'm talking about American baby or yeah, baby back ribs. Meatier, wider, thicker, very nice. Comes from the loin. That's why when you taste those, you get a lot of that nice, tasty, lean loin meat. The other are the St. Louis-style sparrows. I bought a rack of those. Figured, let me give them a try. But wait, there's more. I wasn't done yet. I said, all right, tomorrow's Thanksgiving. I've got to get a brisket. I don't care if it is turkey day. I am dying to smoke a brisket on my brand-new Camp Chef Woodwind Wi-Fi 24 pellet grill. So I go back to Costco. I remember seeing a giant brisket, about 10, 11 pounds. I buy it. I bought the flat and the cap. The flat is the thinner end, the cap, the fattier end. I wanted the whole thing. Now, the problem was I didn't really have a great knife. I did not trim as much as I should, but I have learned the key to smoking a brisket. Do not be afraid to cut. You have to cut the ends. You have to cut part of the flat. If the flat is too thin, it's going to get too dried out. You got to get rid of it. You want a nice at least an inch, inch and a quarter of that flat. And when you get an entire brisket, sometimes it can be as thin as a half an inch. Well, I didn't know that. But I've learned along the way. And I found some videos from uh, Franklin Barbecue. The proprietor of Franklin Barbecue showed exactly how to trim, and you got to have a good knife. So I ended up buying a Victorinox beautiful knife, a boning knife. Uh, or a breaking knife. I think it's called a, yeah, it's called a breaking knife. But it's very sharp, eight inches, sharp. I mean, this thing looks like a samurai sword, a mini samurai sword. That thing is sharp. And I also bought some of those mesh gloves so that you don't accidentally cut yourself. Because trust me, you just touch this thing 
and you are going to break skin on your hand or fingers. It is that sharp. But I learned, I watched, I did not exactly cut enough fat off. I didn't cut enough sides. And then what I've learned is you take all the cuttings from the brisket. You don't have to take all the fat, a little bit of fat, the rest of the meat, and then you grind it and you make brisket burgers. Don't waste anything. I've learned this, so now I've got to go out and get a burger grinder. This thing is costing me more than $7.99. I got the pellets. Now I've got to get the grinder because, let's face it, I'm going to be making many a brisket on that Camp Chef pellet smoker. So what do I do with the brisket? I cut it. Not enough. Should add more fat, but that's okay. First time. I call Colonel Ange. Colonel Ange, I need your technical advice. He is my official pitmaster technical advisor. And he said, what you want to do is you want to make sure you properly coat the brisket. Now, Cigar Sister Lynn and I decided we would just use kosher salt and coarse pepper. That's it. We put just a little bit of olive oil, not much, and then we patted down. We, we, we put plenty of the kosher salt in the ground pepper, and then we let it sit for about an hour, two hours, let it come up to room temperature. And in the meantime... I had to, I called Colonel Ange and he said, here's what you do. We're going to do this on, we're going to do it low and slow, but not ultra low and slow. Ultra low and slow could be 180 to 200, 205 degrees. He said, put it at 225 degrees. So that's what I did. Now, they have a high smoke setting on the Cam Chef. 225, and the smoke setting goes from 1 to 10, it was 3. But my sister does not like a lot of smoke. So what we did was, I did it manually. 225 degrees, smoke level number one. We figured, let's give it a shot. Colonel Lange says, what you're going to do is you're going to stick that probe into the, into the cap, thickest part of the meat. You're going to put it on the bottom, bottom rack. You're going to cover it. 225 degrees, low smoke. And basically, you're going to figure probably eight, nine hours until the brisket gets to a temperature of 165 degrees. Now, when you think about meat, you're thinking, wait a minute. You know, a steak, that's going to be like, you know, that's going to be like medium or almost well done or well. Now with a brisket, you need a lot of slow heat over many hours because it's really the toughest part of the cow. comes underneath where their breast is. All right, and what happens, that muscle gets a lot of work because that's really where their two front legs are. It's a very thick, strong muscle. So in order to get it juicy and tender and for that meat to break down, it's got to be low and slow, 225 degrees over a long period of time. So I put it on 11 p.m. Now, the way that you set up the smoker first, put the pellets in, and then there is a button you press and right on the screen, and it says feed. Turn the power on. Hit the feed button or the feed selection for six or seven minutes. It takes pellets from the hopper, puts it into the auger. And then when you are ready to start, you set the time, hit start, boom, it does the rest. And always start your grill, even a wood-fired pellet grill with the lid open. You don't want any gases. You don't want any massive explosion. Always with the lid open. It started up after a few minutes. I put the lid down. And I'll tell you, it didn't take that long. It took probably 15 minutes or so, 20 minutes, 2.25, ready to go, 11 o'clock before I go to bed. I put it on, shut the lid, and of course, I'm thinking, oh, i got to go in the middle of the night and check it. No, 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 no. I fell asleep. About 7.30 a.m., I get up. The temperature is at 160. Beautiful. So basically, I was looking just over eight and a half hours, about maybe half hour, 45 minutes, well, maybe almost about 45 minutes to an hour later, hits 165. I get a warning on my Wi-Fi on the, on the app that's on my iPhone through the Bluetooth and the Wi-Fi. Boom, you've hit your temperature. At that point, Colonel Ange recommended that I take butcher paper, and I bought butcher paper, not foil. You can use foil, but butcher paper. Take the, the brisket. You want to fold it in that butcher paper and then place it back on the grill. Now, the bark was nice. 
Bark looked great, nice dark bark. Why do we put it in the butcher paper? Well, we want the juices to remain in while the moisture, you know, basically the vapors escape. You want it to keep it juicy, the vapors escape. You don't get that in tinfoil. You do with butcher paper. Keep it on there, and it prevents any additional smoke flavor. You don't want to over-smoke anything. Put those in. I put the brisket in, and I would say about three hours later, temperature, he said, when it gets to 200 to 203, you take that off, and then you wrap it in new butcher paper, place it in a cooler, you know, a beverage cooler, and then basically surround the the, uh, the, the paper, you've got the brisket in the paper. On the bottom, put a towel, then place the brisket within the, you know, where it's in the paper, and then put a few towels on top of it, and you got to let it rest. An hour, two hours, he said, won't hurt it whatsoever. You want to do it a half hour, you can do it, but he recommends a good hour. I had it probably three hours. I opened the cooler. It's still warm. It is still warm. Incredible. So, at that point... I'm ready. I get my giant boost carving block out. My sister and I, my mother, my sister's fiance, we're all awaiting the big moment. We place it on. And by this time, it's probably about 1 o'clock, 1.30 in the afternoon on Thanksgiving. We open it up. The aroma was magnificent. The bark was fabulous. I go to slice it. Slice the end first, the, the, the flat. Good. Tasty. Nice, thick smoke ring. Actually, instead of 203, I could probably have taken the, the brisket off about 200. Next time, I'm going to do it at 200. I'm going to take it off. It was tasty. Juicy. Not ultra juicy. The cap side was great. Left a little bit too much fat on the top side. That's okay. But it's a learning experience. For my first endeavor as a PIT, as a pit, a pit master in training, I must say, on a scale of 1 to 10, in terms of enthusiasm, I got a 10. In terms of effort, I got a 10. In terms of overall result, I would say it was about an 8. Not bad. Most people that I would have given it to would have said, this is delicious. But I'm a perfectionist, so I want to make it better. So a couple of things that I learned that I would do just a little bit differently. I would absolutely... Take the temperature at 200 degrees, take that off. Take it off and then put it in the cooler. Don't need that extra three degrees. The other thing I learned is you've got to be very liberal when it comes to trimming the brisket. Don't be afraid to trim. Trim, trim, trim. Trim the side. You know, it came with probably a good, I would say, three-quarters of an inch to an inch of fat on the top. you got to get it down to a quarter inch you got to keep trimming, trimming, just keep going, going, just keep looking very gently. And then you can't be afraid to take off part of the flat. I should have taken off at least three inches of that flat. But I looked and said, I'm not going to, how can you waste that meat? No problem. As I learned, you get a grinder and you make brisket burgers. You keep a little bit of the fat. You, you, you put it in along with the, the brisket meat. You'll get nice burgers, very tasty burgers. So again, there's really no waste except the fat that you're getting rid of. These are things you learn. Overall, a good experience. My ribs, I will get to momentarily. But another cigar, I'll tell you, now that my mouth is absolutely watering, and I did smoke a cigar when I was conducting pellet-smoking grilling maneuvers, and the cigar I had in my chompers at the time was the Camacho Nicaragua, launched this summer, forged in fire. Some things just cannot be tamed. The Camacho Nicaragua is a cigar that has loads of full frontal flavor. Comes in three different sizes, a Grand Churchill, a Toro, and a Robusto. The wrapper is Ecuadorian, the binder is Honduran, the filler, Honduran-Dominican, and some Nicaraguan Volcanic Ometepe from the volcanic island of Ometepe within Nicaragua. What is the result? Sweet, spicy, oaky flavors. Almost the way my ribs turned out, and I'll get to that in a minute. But sweet, spicy, oaky flavors. The Camacho Nicaragua, a cigar that, trust me, will deliver nice amounts of flavor, nice amounts of oakiness and spice, 
perfectly balanced. Camacho, live loud. Now, part two, as Paul Harvey would say, page two, my rib experiment. So, when I wrap the brisket in the butcher paper around, well, let's see. No, actually, when the brisket was ready to be wrapped in butcher paper right around 7.30, 8 o'clock, after I did that, I got to the ribs. Now, the ribs I had taken the night before, got rid of the membrane. Actually, cigar sister Lynn got rid of the membrane on the bottom. You don't want that. You basically take a paper towel. You see where there's a crease. You pull it. Bing, bang, boom. Easy. Now, what do we use for seasoning? Now, there are all these various seasoning and spices you can get. I found this seasoning at the supermarket that was both sweet and spicy. It says, perfect for ribs. Okay. So, I put a little in a bowl, took a little bit. A lot more sizzle than sweetness. So, we needed to sweeten it up. So, we took some brown sugar, and we took a little bit of cane sugar. We mixed it up until we got it just the right amount of sweetness with spiciness. Now, we did an experiment. As I have learned, now sometimes you want something to coat the ribs so that the seasoning will stick to it. So I've heard, and Colonel Lange said, you can use mustard. You take some mustard, you brush it on. So for one rack of the baby backs, we did mustard. The other two racks, I took a barbecue sauce that I like from a barbecue restaurant that I frequent here in uh, the cigar city of Tampa, where I reside. Took some of that sauce, had a nice flavor, and I just brushed it on, and then we basically coated both sides of the ribs. Now, the, the St. Louis style I did with the barbecue sauce, same thing. Now, when you look at the ribs, the baby backs have more of a curve, a little bit more meatiness to it. The St. Louis style spare ribs, a little bit fattier. Those are the kind of ribs you'd get at a Chinese restaurant. The spare ribs, that's what they look like. They're much longer and they're much flatter. But we're experimenting. Why not? No problema. So what we did is put the ribs on the top rack with the... The rib side down. And as Colonel Ann said, when you do ribs, you need to think three, two, one. Three hours, 225 degrees smoke, the same as the brisket. Now, brisket, you can go lower if you want. You can go to 200, 205. One of our longtime friends who's no longer with us passed away a number of years ago, Brady Fisher of Brady's Backyard Barbecue in Safety Harbor, Florida, across from from the uh, Cigar City of Tampa over in Pinellas County. He was a big advocate of low and slow. He wanted it under 200 so that that moisture would be retained. Oh, one thing I should mention. I took a pan and I put water in it. That way, moisture would be released. Now, one thing I did not do on my brisket, which I would do next time, get a squirt bottle. You can put water but next time I'm going to take a mixture of apple cider and Jack Daniels, a bourbon. You can do scotch, whatever you'd like. You can even do, if you need to, you can even spray it with Coke if you want, Diet Coke. But to me, if you, if you just have water, spray it to keep that brisket moist. I didn't do that, and I think that would have helped along the way. Did not do it, but that's okay. Again, Part of the learning process. Next time we do things differently and we make incremental changes. I'm not going to do massive changes because I want to see what does work and what doesn't, how it affects it. So next time, I'm going to keep the temperature for my brisket at 225. I'm not going to lower the temperature, change the temperature. I'm going to smoke it at 225. But I'm going to end up, I'm going to take more of the fat off. I'm going to trim more of the brisket and I'm going to spray it. After the probably the first couple hours, each hour, I'm going to spray it, or half hour, I'm going to spray it with just a little bit of that apple cider slash Jack Daniels bourbon or Tennessee whiskey mix. In the morning when I get up, I'm going to do it again, probably an hour, an hour and a half before that I get ready to put it into the butcher paper. So small incremental changes, and then I'm going to, instead of 203, when it hits 200, then it comes off the smoker. All these things you want to make incrementally. If you do big changes, you're not going to know what works. If you do five different changes, you're going to say, well, which one of those changes worked? So now I'm doing two things. I'm moistening the meat along the process. And now instead of taking the ribs off at 203, I take them off at 200. Three degrees can make a difference. Now in terms of the ribs, so I put the ribs on. And again, I could have also 
sprayed those along the way, but I did not. Set them on the upper rack, shut the lid. Three hours later, the brisket comes out. And when the brisket was ready to come out, so too were the ribs. But not just yet. Remember, three, two, one, three hours on the smoker. Then two hours, what we do is we take the ribs off. I got out my butcher paper, took three giant sheets. And then what I did was something very interesting. On the bottom, what I did was I, I, I took a little bit of uh, Colonel Ange recommended it, whatever you have, Diet Coke or if you have apple cider, I had a little Diet Coke. So I put a little Diet Coke just on the bottom, just a little drizzle, just a little bit, not a ton. And then what we did is we, we put a little bit more of the sauce on the ribs. Now, even the, the baby back ribs that I use mustard to coat it with, I did put the barbecue sauce. Didn't slather it on, just enough, keep it moist. Then each one individually wrapped in the butcher paper. Again, we want to maintain moisture within the meat, but we want all those vapors to escape. We don't want it to get soggy, and that's what the butcher paper is great for. Two hours, butcher paper. After two hours, comes back out. If you want, you can spray it with your bottle. If you've got a little apple cider or you've got your Jack Daniels or whatever, and then what you do is, if you want, you can put a little bit more of the sauce on there. We did not. We just put it back on the on the smoker just for about an hour, 45, actually half hour to an hour is all you need. Just take a look. And what I did is I pulled a rack off, and I could just see. I like, I like it off the bone. I don't like it super chewy. I like it more, not totally off the bone, but off the bone. You know what I'm talking about. So... Pulled a couple little pieces off the end, and I said another 15 minutes. So a total cooking time of five hours and 45 minutes on the ribs. Brought those off. Slice them. You slice them in reverse. You lay them down, rib side up. That way you can see where to slice. Nice sharp knife. Slice them all, and we sampled. And all I can tell you was, again, for my first time ever doing ribs on that smoker, I was pleasantly surprised. Everybody loved them. I would have done things a little bit differently again. I've got a couple of tweaks that I'm going to make. I already have it in my head what I'm going to do. But overall, unless somebody was a certified barbecue judge, they would take taste those and say, these are fantastic. These are delicious. A little spice, a little sweetness. Love the sauce. Not overly. I didn't even need any sauce to put on it additionally. It just had a nice, deep glaze to it. Delicious. Now, my preference between the mustard coated and the barbecue sauce coated before we put on the seasoning definitely the barbecue sauce not a fan of the mustard now i will tell you i have read various and and seen various videos where barbecue pit masters say look we don't put anything spray it with a little bit of water a little apple cider and pat it on and then put it back in the refrigerator wrap it in cellophane if you want for a few hours to overnight, because then once you bring it out, all that seasoning will be stuck to that meat. So I said, okay, now I've got some ideas for the next time I do the ribs. Overall, I found I preferred the baby back ribs in in taste in terms of just the overall complexion, the meatiness compared to the, the spare ribs, the St. Louis style ribs. I thought it would be the opposite. It wasn't because again you have that where the ribs come from the baby backs is the pork loin you get a lot of that pork loin on the end and a lot of that type of nice loin meatiness very pleasantly surprised so overall I would give myself on the ribs while on the brisket I would say it was probably an eight eight point five I would say on the ribs definitely an eight point five again a couple of minor little tweaks that I will make not going to go crazy. But the three, two, one method are great. I know many people wrap their ribs in foil, butcher paper. I'm telling you, butcher paper is the best. It allows the vapors to escape while retaining the moisture. Fantastic. So overall, love my Camp Chef smoker, my pellet grill. Uh, I did have a couple of issues in terms of one of the parts was kind of banged in the right shelf, the lid. Had a couple of blemishes on the front. Camp Chef will take care of it. They were pretty responsive. Overall, very pleased. 
Nice way to grill. I'm shocked. I bought a nice cover for it. Cleaning is actually pretty easy. That's another reason I bought the Camp Chef. Many other grills, remember, when wood is, is finished, it creates this ash. And every so often, every sometimes every... Some of the grill manufacturers recommend every two, three, four, five uses. You get a vacuum and you, you, you know, you essentially vacuum out those ash. Camp Chef designed a beautiful ash system where all the ash dumps into this uh, like cast iron cup, and you remove the cup from the bottom, twist right off, boom, dump out your ash. Fantastic. Put it back on. You are good to go. And basically, after every use, I wash the grill rails. Uh, the grill racks, and then they do have a, a a drip tray that drips down into this bucket. Now, it comes with one metal, I should say aluminum foil liner. It looks like a bucket, and you stick it in. You don't want to be cleaning that thing. I bought extra, extra of those tinfoil buckets or those aluminum buckets. Easy. But one thing I did find out that while watching a video, one of the expert pitmasters who was doing a, a review of the Campfire Woodwind Grill said, look, it's got these slots to allow the smoke to come out, but in my experience, it's easier for you to just take aluminum foil and cover that rack. It can create a mess on the bottom of the grill. You don't need that. You'll have plenty of smoke surrounding it. You don't have to worry about it. Most all of the grill drip trays are... are continuous anyway they don't have slots in it it's one solid tray so i use the foil huge much easier on the cleanup the cleanup was not bad again took the drip tray out threw the foil out refoiled it i emptied the ash cup from the bottom took 15 seconds tops took the bucket threw it out put in a new bucket boom i was ready to go and then once the grill cooled down had stainless steel cleaner just to uh, clean the outside, and then I covered it up, and it was ready to go. But wait, there's more. And in the next episode of Bold Alpha, I'll tell you about how my prime rib roast turned out on my new Camp Chef Woodwind Wi-Fi 24 pellet grill. Again, talk about pleasantly surprised, outstanding. But I will save that for the next edition of Bold Alpha. Don't forget, make sure you subscribe to Bold Alpha. And if you would be so kind, please give us a five-star review. Five-star general, five-star review, only appropriate. And again, I tell it like it is. I give you the honest-to-goodness truth. Don't sugarcoat it. I paid for my camp chef. They didn't give me anything free. I give you the truth. And if I tell you that there was an issue, there was an issue. If I tell you something's good, if I tell you that they took care of the problem, you can count on it being 100% truthful. Give us a five-star review. And also, be sure to check out our brother podcast, the Cigar Dave Show podcast, all about cigars and the cigar lifestyle. Do a search on your favorite uh, podcast app or aggregator, Cigar Dave. Make sure you subscribe to that as well. Alpha Dave, your global five-star general alpha male-in-chief. Remember, always enjoy the alpha male lifestyle. Guilt is not an option when it comes to being an alpha male. (laughs) 